on be your style, you spit shampoo. Don't despair, use your head, save your hair, you spit Girls, you know about the new look in fashion. Well, there's a new look in hair beauty, too. Yes, women everywhere are achieving that look of softer, shinier hair with a marvelous new product, Fitch Cream Shampoo. This wonder-working shampoo is made with two beneficial beauty aids, lanolin and olive oil. Lanolin is used to soften the hair, to leave it smooth and caressable. Olive oil is used to bring out sparkling highlights to accent the glowing radiance of your hair. Fitch Cream Shampoo is so easy to use. A small dab quickly whips into a fragrant, creamy lather that thoroughly cleanses hair and scalp. Then just rinse with plain water and every bubble of suds is gone. After shampooing, you'll find your hair stays in place. It stays soft and it stays shining, as though it had been brushed and brushed and brushed. Fitch is economical, too. Compare the size of the jar. Compare its low cost. At drug or toilet goods counters, buy Fitch Cream Shampoo for that flattering new look of softer, shinier hair. The F.W. Fitch Company, makers of Fitch Shampoo, presents the Fitch Bandwagon with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, Robert North, Walter Scharf and his music, and starring Alice Faye and Phil Harris. As we look in the Harris home, it's a few days after Christmas. Phil is at a band rehearsal, and Alice is talking to her brother, William. I'd ask you to have dinner with us, William, but we don't have a thing in the house. Phil had his musicians over last night, and they ate everything in sight. I never saw such hungry men. In fact, the trumpet player got bitten. Oh, my... By one of the other men? No, by the dog. He was trying to steal his kennel ration. Well, Alice, if you have no food in the house, why don't you and Philip come over to Mother's? She's cooking a roast. Oh, no, thanks. I'll have Phil take me out to dinner when he gets home. Gee, I wish he'd hurry. He's always late when he's with the band. The poor dear works so hard at those rehearsals. Break it up, fellas. All right, hold it. Hold it. All right, fellas, hold it. Hold it. Hold it when I holler, hold it. Now hold it. And keep holding it. Now look, you guys, and stop arguing with me. I'm the leader, and I'm going to pick the selections. Why do we always have to play what you pick, Curly? Because I'm the boss, that's why. Now hand me that sheet. All right, dictator. <laughs> you insist we'll play what you pick. That's better. Now we'll play Texas Sandman in the fifth of Jamaica. <laughs> Horses three to two and got a good chance. Now that we got that settled, let's get back to the music. Now let's go over that last tune once Texas more. Texas Sandman's a dog. He ain't got a chance. <laughs> 
Look, Artie, please. Let's forget the horses, huh? That's all you ever think about. If you knew as much about music as you do about the horses, you'd be a lot better off. I know a lot about music, Phil. In fact, I just wrote an operatic area. <laughs> you wrote an area, huh? What's the name of it? Opus One, Movement Two, Weather Clear, Track Fast. <laughs> I can just hear Nelson Eddy singing it and nosing out Jeanette McDonald by a half a length. <laughs> All I hear is horse, horse. Let's cut out the clowning. It's getting late and I... Holy smoke, it's six o'clock. I got to get home to dinner. Hey, that's all, fellas. You can break it up. Get out of here. All right, break it up. Wind it up. Hey, Frankie, come here. What? Hey, look, uh, why don't you come over to the house and have dinner with Alice and me? I don't want to. <laughs> well, why not? I just don't want to. Do I have to make excuses? <laughs> I'm going home and cook my own dinner. But wouldn't you rather eat with Alice and oh, me uh, and... Pardon me, uh... You're Phil Harris, aren't you? I'm sorry, Pop. I ain't got no time for autographs. Yeah, beat it, will you, Pop? Uh, <laughs> I just arrived in town, Mr. Harris, and I came right over to see you. Well, that's very nice of you, Mr. Um, uh, Mr. Um... F.W. Fitch okay, is the name. Okay, I'll see you some other time. Now, look, Frankie, uh, why don't you come over to the house and Alice and I will make some nice fried... Fitch? <laughs> I don't like fried fitch. <laughs> Frankie, will you listen? That man back there is F.W. Fitch. You mean our sponsor? That's right, in person. Come on. I'll race you. Uh, Mr. Fitch. Uh, uh, Mr. Fitch, uh, I'm awfully sorry. Uh, I didn't know it was you. Yeah, we didn't know you were in town. Gee, Mr. Fitch. I hope you're not mad at us. Oh, we didn't mean to snub you, Mr. Fitch. You, you see, we... Uh... Yeah, all right, gentlemen, all right. You may rise now. <laughs> Thank you, Master. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't recognize you, Mr. Fitch. Oh, it's not your fault. I did drop in unexpectedly. You see, I'm touring the country checking on business conditions. You know, Mr. Harris, Fitch products are selling very well. Yes, sir. And they should. They're wonderful products. You take that new cream shampoo of yours. It's terrific. You and Mrs. Harris use it, of course. Not only us, but all our friends. When we have people over, we don't waste our time playing charades or them silly games. We have shampooing parties. <laughs> oh, this kid knows which side his head is lathered on. <laughs> Mr. Harris, I want you to know that we owe a lot of our sales success to your excellent radio show. I think you're doing a wonderful job with your orchestra. We do the best we can. We've worked hard and we feel we have a good out. Hold it, we. <laughs> Don't get so plural. Remember, it's my band. Mr. Harris, who is this person? Oh, this here? Yeah. That's Frankie Remley. He's, uh, well, he's sort of a stoogy. He really doesn't do much. <laughs> oh, no. I just write all the arrangements. Tell the boys how to play. <laughs> Show Curly how to lead with his baton. I'm solely responsible for the success of the orchestra. And if the truth were known, Curly is nothing but a figurehead. Thank you, Benedict Arnold. <laughs> now get lost, will you? Stop trying to get in good with the sponsor. Don't pay any attention to Frankie, Mr. Fitch. Look, let you and I go someplace and be alone where we... Hey, 
I have an idea. Why don't you come over to the house right now and have dinner with Alice and me? Well, that's very nice of you, Mr. Harris. I've been eating in restaurants for the last two weeks, and I'd appreciate a home-cooked meal. Then you'll come to dinner? We'll be glad to. Nobody asked you. <laughs> I invited you before, and you turned me down. Now I don't want you. So come on, let's go, Mr. Fitch. Go ahead. Go home and have dinner. I got more important things to do. What are you going to do, Mr. Emley? I'm going home and shampoo my hair, Mr. Fitch. <laughs> I don't take time out to eat like Curly does. <laughs> well, I must toddle off. Smile a while, let a song be your style. Use Fitch shampoo. <laughs> don't despair, use your head, save your hair. <clears throat> Catchy little cute. <laughs> Yes, sir. That's number one in our books. We yeah. play it all the time. <laughs> well, suppose we get home for dinner, huh? Well, Mr. Harris, perhaps you'd better call your wife first. This is such short notice. Uh, she's not expecting me for dinner. You think it's possible that she might not have enough? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've been having company for dinner for the last few days, and she always has enough. <laughs> You know, Miss Terrace, I'm looking forward to this home-cooked meal. I'm rather hungry. Well, we'll be home soon. It's only a short drive. Say, while we're riding along, I'll turn the radio on, huh? Gee whiz, you just wait till you taste Alice's cooking, Mr. Fitch. Good evening, She's ladies really... and gentlemen. It's now 6.30 and time for another session with your disc jockey, Al Jarvis. Our first recording is Phil Harris doing The Preacher and the Bear. Oh, they're playing one of your records, Mr. Yeah, Harris. Shh. Quiet, don't talk, just listen. A preacher went out walking, t'was on one Sunday morn. It was against his religion, but he took that gun along. He shot himself some mighty fine quail and one little measly hare. But on his way returning home, he met a great big grizzly bear. Now the bear got down in the middle of the road on all fours like a great big toad and looked that preacher right square in the eye. And the preacher looked at him and said, bye-bye. Preacher got up, took out the run. The bear right after that preacher did come. And he run and he run for about a mile. Then the preacher got up and rested a while. Preacher got up, started to Again. The bear right after him with more vim And he ran and he ran till he spotted a tree Said up on the limb is the place for me Bear reached up, made a grab for him Preacher leaped and he made the limb Pulled himself up and turned about Cast his eyes to the skies and he did shout Oh Lord, you delivered Daniel from the lion's den Also delivered Jonah from the belly of the whale And then the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace So the good book do declare Yes, Lord, if you can't help me for goodness sake Don't help that bear now just about then that limb let go and the preacher come tumbling down Reached in his pocket, pulled his razor out just before he hit the ground He hit the ground with an awful bang, it was a terrible sight That preacher and the bear with a razor in his hair just a cut and left and right Well they rolled around on the ground, the preacher was up and then he was down The bear let out an awful moan and looked like the preacher was holding his own Said if I get out of here alive with that good book, I will abide I'll never sin on Sabbath day and Sunday, come I'll pray and pray to the heaven 
heavens. He did glance at Lord, just give me one more chance. Then his suspenders gave away and he knocked that bear ten feet away. Preacher got up, made a bound for the tree where he'd be safe and sound. Pulled himself up and turned about, cast his eyes at the skies and he did shout. Oh Lord, you delivered Daniel from lion's den. Also delivered Jonah from the belly of the whale and then the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace. So the good book do declare, yes Lord, if you can't help me for goodness sakes, don't help that well, this is our little home, Mr. Fitch. This way, like, call Alice. She's going to be awfully glad to see you. Alice! Oh, Alice! Well, come out, dear. I got a surprise for you. I brought F.W. Fitch home for dinner. What kind of fish did you bring home for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a terrible sense of humor, that kid. Charming that bitch. <laughs> I guess she didn't understand me. <laughs> hey, I'm glad you brought something home because we... Oh, 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 we have company. Sure we do, honey. And what company? Look, I want you to meet Mr. F.W. Fitch, our sponsor. Mr. Fitch, this is Alice. Oh, well, gee, the... This is so sudden, I, I didn't expect anyone, and oh, I'm such a mess, my hair. On the contrary, Mrs. Harris, this is our first meeting, and I must say I find you even more beautiful than I imagined. Oh, thank you, Mr. Fitch, and the same to you. <laughs> you know, honey, Mr. Fitch is in town on business, Hello, and I just... Daddy, we've been waiting for you to come home. Yes, we want to tell you something. Ah, oh, these must be the children. Yes, sir, yes, sir, these are little girls. <laughs> I want you to meet uh, Daddy's sponsor, girls. Uh, this is Mr. Fitch. Oh, is this the man who sent you his bust for a Christmas present, Daddy? Uh, uh, yes, yes. Uh, you remember what I told you, kids, when I got it? Remember I said, ain't this a beautiful Christmas present? That ain't what you said, Daddy. You said it was... Never mind. <laughs> I loved your gift, Mr. Fitch. Well, I'm glad you did. Uh, I don't notice the bust around any place. Uh, where is it? Oh, uh, uh, oh, the bust, yes, it's, um... Well, now, let me see. It's, you gave uh, it to Julius for a Christmas present, Daddy. Julius? Yes, my Uncle Julius. <laughs> you see, he gave me a bus, too, and children get so confused about these things. I've got two of them. Well, honey, how about starting dinner? Uh, Mr. Fitz should be getting hungry. Yeah, but Phil... Uh, it'll be a pleasure to have a delicious home-cooked meal, Mrs. Harris. Well, uh, Phil, uh, can I see you alone for a minute? Oh, sure. Excuse us, Mr. Fitch. Uh, what is it, honey? Oh, Phil, why didn't you call before you asked Mr. Fitch to dinner? I haven't got a thing in the house. Well, just open some canned stuff. I saw a half a dozen cans in the pantry this morning. But, Phil... Now, don't argue. Just open the cans and make some fancy dish. Cream it or something and, and serve it to him. All right. Gee, I hope Mr. Fitch likes cream Drano. <laughs> Drano? Oh, wait a minute. I know what I'll do. I'll call Julius. Maybe he can get into the market and bring me something. Good. You do that, and then I'll go entertain Mr. Fitch, huh? Oh, Alice. Alice, uh, tell Julius to bring that bust of Mr. Fitch back with him, will you? Okay. Well, Mr. Fitch, Alice has started dinner. I hope you don't mind taking pot luck with us. Oh, not at all. I eat everything except canned salmon. Uh, it disagrees with me, you know. Oh, well, don't worry. We wouldn't think about serving that. Say, uh, while we're waiting, uh, how about a little entertainment? Uh, would you like to uh, hear the children recite? Oh, I don't want to impose on the children. Oh, it's all right. They love to do it. 
Go ahead, Phyllis. Recite something. Must I, Daddy? Mr. Fitch I said wanna... recite, Phyllis. Recite. <laughs> Go ahead. Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Did you like that poem, Mr. Fitch? Yes, I liked all 20 of them. <laughs> Mr. Harris, do you think dinner will be ready soon? I'm getting famished. Well, wait, I'll see how Alice is doing. Uh, Phyllis, keep reciting. All right, Daddy. Hickory dickory dock. The mouse went up the clock. I wonder if Julia's brought anything yet. Hey, Alice, did Julia show up yet? No, Phil. Look, why don't we just tell Mr. Fitz that we don't have... Oh, that must be Julia. Soulmate. Oh, Julius, thank goodness you're here. Did you bring the food? Yeah, I brought over five cans of salmon. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, that's the one thing you can't stand. Oh, Julius, leave it to you to butch things up. That's appreciation for you. If it wasn't for Miss Fay, I wouldn't have brought nothing over. You never done nothing for me. For Christmas, you give me a bustier sponsor. The darndest thing I ever seen. <clears throat> uh, I beg your pardon. <laughs> I, I don't mean to intrude in your kitchen, Mrs. Harris, but I thought perhaps I might be able to help you hurry dinner along a little. Oh, thanks very much, but there's nothing you can do. Dinner will be ready soon. As I was saying, Mr. Harris, a fine Christmas present. What am I supposed to do with a bustier sponsor? Julius Jiggers. <laughs> what did Mr. Harris give you for Christmas, son? He gave me a bust of some funny-looking old gink. <laughs> he did, huh? Yeah. I didn't want it, but he forced it on me. Julius, Julius please, this man here... I didn't here. know what to do with a bust, so I took it to school. To school? Yeah. We're studying it in my biology class. <laughs> Thank goodness Alice saved her money. When I brought it to school, the teacher couldn't figure out what it was. The teacher couldn't figure out what it was at all. I had to explain it to her. I told her it was the bust of a male. And what did the teacher say? She says, I know it's a male, but a male what? <laughs> this is very interesting. Uh, don't pay any attention to Julius, Mr. Fitch. He just had his teeth capped and he keeps shooting off his mouth. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is Mr. Fitch? Well, I guess I better pick up my little legs and run along. <laughs> yeah, you'd better before I pick up my little leg and help you. <laughs> that kid. Look, Mr. Fitch, let me explain about the bus. Oh, yes. forget it, Curly. Frankly, I would have done the same thing if I'd gotten a Christmas present like that. Oh. Uh, now about dinner. I don't want to rush, but you see, I'm only going to be in California another week, and I'd like to eat before I leave. <laughs> Mr. Fitch, you go inside and sit down, and, and then Alice and me will take care of everything. Very well. Now I suppose I'll have to listen to some more of those poems. <laughs> Say, Phil, I have an idea. William said Mother's having a roast for dinner. Maybe she can send it over. And Frankie said he was going to have dinner at home. I'll call him to bring over his stuff, too, and between the two of them, we ought to have enough. Now, look, honey, I'll make both calls, and you go entertain Mr. Fitch. All right. Gee, I hope the children are keeping Mr. Fitch occupied. Little Miss Muffet sat on the tuffet, eating her curds and whey. Eating? Ah, oh, what a beautiful <laughs> word. <laughs> well, Mr. 
Mr. Fitch, I see the children are reciting for you. Are you being entertained? If you want to use the word loosely. <laughs> oh, don't let me interrupt. Continue, Phyllis. Yes, Mommy. Hey, diddle, diddle, the cat and the fiddle, the cow jumped over the moon. Cow. We get... <laughs> we get steak from cows, don't we? The little dog laughed to see such sport. Don't you just love to hear children recite, Mr. Fitz? There's nothing as sweet as the sound of a child's voice. Unless it's the sound of slurping soup. <laughs> oh, well, if you'll excuse me, I'll go into the kitchen and see how dinner is coming. Phyllis! Mary had a little lamb whose fleece was white as snow. And everywhere that Mary went... Oh, Phil, did William bring the roast over yet? Yeah, honey, he brought it. It's here. But he said it's only partly cooked and you'll have to put it in the oven another 15 minutes. Oh, good. I'll put it in the oven right now. There. Now, Phil, I want to go upstairs and change, so please keep an eye on the roast. And if I'm not down in 15 minutes, turn the oven off, huh? Okay, honey, I'll turn it off. Gee, I hope that roast is going to be enough for all of us. Don't worry about it. Frankie's bringing over some other food, too, so we'll have plenty. Now, let's see now. I'm supposed to turn the light off in 15 minutes. Well, here I am. Oh, my boy. <laughs> you are my boy. Hi, Frankie. Gee whiz, I'm sure glad you were able to make it for dinner. Why did you stop? Fine dinner invitation. I had to bring my own food. <laughs> All right, Frankie. But I appreciate you bringing it over. You should appreciate my bringing it over. Spent an hour slaving over a hot stove cooking a delicious dinner. Then I went to the trouble of bringing it all the way over here. Got a delicious dinner, huh? Uh, what were you cooking? A can of beans. <laughs> you mean you brought over one can of beans? Oh, of course not. You schmo. I know that wouldn't be enough. I brought over ten cans. <laughs> ten cans of beans, huh? Well, that finishes that. I guess we're just going to have to make that roast do. I got a little roast here I'm trying to cook. I better look at it. It's only supposed to cook for 15 minutes. Let me see. Oh, that's the cutest little thing. <laughs> that looks awful small, Curly. You cook that thing for 15 minutes, it'll shrink to nothing. It's got to cook. Yeah. Why don't you just turn the flame up higher? That way it won't have to cook so long. <laughs> yeah, that figures. Sure. Sure. I'll turn the flame up a little. A little? Turn it up all the way like this. <laughs> there we are. Now we'll just sit back and wait. You know something? I'm surprised Alice didn't think of this. Yeah. <laughs> wait till she sees what we did. <laughs> She'll be delighted. Yeah. Oh, you two nitwits, you ruined my roast. It's burned to a crisp. <gasps> I told Curly not to do it. Frankie, you told me to do it that way. Oh, it isn't enough that I married an income poop. He's got to have an assistant, too. <laughs> what are we going to do now? Well, I brought over ten cans of beans. Why don't you cook them? Frankie's right, honey. We're going to have to serve the beans. But I told him we were going to have a roast. Well, I'll tell you what you do. You put it on the table and keep it covered. Then we'll keep serving him beans until he's so full he can't eat anything else. <laughs> tells me this isn't the way to treat a sponsor, but there's nothing else we can do. 
Start opening the beans, boys. Well, everything's on the table and dinner's ready, Mr. Fitch. So soon? <laughs> uh, table sure looks nice, Alice. It certainly does. All these steaming dishes... Well, why don't you take the cover off the roast and start carving, Mr. Harris? No, no, later. It's a little too hot to handle right now. Uh, why don't you have some of these baked beans first? Yeah, well, I'll just have a little. I want to save my appetite for the rest of the dinner. May I? May I help you to some of this, Mr. Fitz? Yeah, what is it? French fried beans. And let me put a label full of this Italian food on your plate. Uh, what kind of Italian food? Bean scallopini. <laughs> Isn't that a strange dish? If you think that's strange, well, you taste this. Yeah, well, what's that? Marinated beans. <laughs> the Harris has set a nice monotonous table, don't they? <laughs> Mr. Harris, just as a point of information, where do you get all these beans? We got a pipeline to Boston. <laughs> Mr. Harris, all these beans on my plate are very nice, but is there any chance of getting a piece of meat? Well, sure. Heaven's sakes. You look through the beans. Maybe you'll find a hunk of pork. Well, I'd like a piece of the roast. No, 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 no. That plate is still awfully hot. Not now. Wait till it cools off. And until it does, just have some more beans. Alice, pass the beans. Pass the beans. Well... Have you had enough to eat, Mr. Fitch? Oh, I think so. I never want to see another bean again as long as I live. Well, I, I guess we're ready for dessert. Ah, dessert. Uh, that sounds like a welcome change. What are you serving for dessert, Mrs. Harris? Beans a la mode. <laughs> beans a la mode? Yes, that's a cold bean on top of a hot bean. <laughs> Dessert. You're missing something delicious, sir <laughs> But I, I hope you enjoyed your, your dinner, Mr. Fitch I never tasted anything like it in my life <laughs> However, I appreciate your hospitality And now I'd like to take you all out someplace Where we can enjoy a little entertainment Entertainment? Why go out for entertainment? Phyllis! Little boy blue, come blow your horn The sheep's in the meadow Oh, no! Alice and Phil will be back in just a moment. Is your shampoo doing right by you? Yes, is your shampoo doing right by you? Well, my shampoo lathers all right, but, well, it just doesn't remove my dandruff. I've tried one shampoo after another. They all suds up and rinse out, but I still have dandruff. If your shampoo is letting you down when it comes to removing dandruff, switch to Fitch, Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo. It's guaranteed to remove all dandruff. Medical authorities say there are two kinds of dandruff. One is loose and flaky. It's the unsightly kind. The other clings to the scalp. It's the invisible, irritating kind. If your present shampoo is doing only half the job, removing only part of your dandruff, remember Fitch removes both kinds completely. 
So be free of unsightly dandruff. Be free of invisible, irritating dandruff. Yes, be free of all embarrassing dandruff. Fitch is the only shampoo whose guarantee to remove dandruff with first application is backed by one of the world's largest insurance firms. So switch to Fitch at drug counters, barber, and beauty shops. Ask for Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo. Fitch Shampoo does right by you. Well, Mr. Fitch, now that the kids are in bed, uh, uh, how about a little, uh, after-dinner drink? Oh, I might have a little one. Swell. How about some B&B? B&B? Bean brandy. (laughs) This is Phil Harris, folks. And on behalf of our sponsor, the F.W. Fitch Company, and our entire cast, Alice and I want to wish each of you a big share of good luck and happiness in the coming year. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year! Tune in next week when the F.W. Fitch Company again brings you the Fitch Bandwagon with Alice Fay and Phil Harris. This program was written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, directed by Paul Phillips. Alice Fay appears to the courtesy of 20th Century Fox. The part of F.W. Fitch was played by Francis X. Bushman. The part of Frankie was played by Elliot Lewis. Laugh a while and a song be your style. Use Fitch Girls, for softer, shinier hair, use Fitch's new cream shampoo. It's made with both lanolin and olive oil. Lanolin to soften, olive oil for sparkling highlights. Try Fitch cream shampoo, Bill Foreman speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.